Welcome to Blockchain Explained, the podcast about opportunities, challenges, and trends in blockchain technology. Whether you're a beginner or an expert, a developer, or just crypto curious, this podcast is for you. It features industry leaders and government officials discussing the world of distributed ledgers, cryptocurrencies, and the metaverse. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Rick Schaffen and Kelly Wicker. Welcome to a new year of Blockchain Explained, the podcast where we give you uh, education and cutting edge news on what's new in blockchain. I'm your host, Kelly Wicker, the director of the Science and Technology Innovation Program here at the Wilson Center. And I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Rechschaffen, who chairs our Digital Assets Forum and is also a trustee of the Wilson Center. Alan, good to see you again. Great to see you. Welcome back for the new year. I'm very excited to kick off the year with Michael. Yeah. So today we're joined by Michael Greenwald, who's Amazon's global lead for digital assets and financial innovation. Super excited. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of interesting things, including everyone's favorite buzzword, AI, and how it intersects with blockchain. Uh, but also talk a little bit about um, some of the efficiencies we're seeing start getting built into the chain. And really, I think I'd like to start there. Um, how are we seeing you know transactions per second speed up and start to equal what we see in traditional finance? Sure. Kelly, Alan, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here with the Wilson Center. Um, I think really as we go into 2024, uh, we're at a digital asset inflection point. And that illustrates that there's a growing demand from businesses, consumers, governments to reduce their reliance on a single currency or an economy really to promote economic stability. And so when you think about that, resulting from this moment you know in my view is that in the years ahead this will evolve a basket of currencies approach in global finance and that includes important interactions to your question between stable coins cbdc's cryptocurrencies fiat currencies and so when you think about you know kelly and allen the economic landscape uh today it's evolving rapidly with this emergence uh, of various fiat currencies, CBDCs, and cryptocurrencies. And what's interesting is that each of them represent goals or priorities um, set forth by that issuing body. And so what this really denotes is a diversified world economy where many types of the currencies, decentralized and state issued, live alongside each other. So I think just giving that backdrop of where we are as we go into the new year. Yeah, and, and when you when you talk, your background in our paths have crossed a number of different areas. You've served in government, you've served in academics, now you're at uh, Amazon. Um, I'm curious, when, when you talk about the idea of central bank digital currencies and this idea of a the, the, the fiat digital version of a fiat currency. Is that a cryptocurrency as it was perceived of in 2008 when um, when the white paper was written by Satoshi Nakamoto? Or is it something different which doesn't require this broad decentralization? So I think what we've seen since that period of time is exploration. Uh, a lot of experimentation in these pilot programs, you know, 95% you know, GDP uh, of countries, 130 plus countries have been exploring this idea of a central bank digital currency, many at different stages. But I mean, at the heart of this, Alan, to your question, is that governments have sped up 
their exploration of CBDCs to really increase efficiency, decrease transaction costs, and speed up settlement times. Those are the three objectives in response to this rise in decentralized finance. And so the continued and future operation of CBDCs, but also stablecoin networks, you know, that's going to be integral to the financial system of tomorrow because of the peg of the dollar. And that also requires the expansion, uh, you know, in our world at AWS about resilient, secure cloud-based infrastructures. You know, that's at the heart of what we're discussing. And then regardless of whether the architecture, Alan, is centralized in a CBDC or based on a digital uh, a distributed ledger template. So that's really um, the heart of the financial landscape conversation that we're seeing. And it, and companies like Amazon, like Amazon's in a, in, in, in a unique place, right? Because everybody does business with Amazon. That may be true. I mean, you'll have to tell me one day if that's true, what percentage of the world is actually doing business with Amazon. But um, has is there any talk of a corporate CBDC, like the idea that corporations would start to have their own digital currency in, in the way that a sovereign might? Um, you know, so we, we take a very agnostic view um, of, of this space because, like you said, we have customers uh, in the decentralized finance space like an avalanche, which we've partnered with, uh, or companies like Circle and Paxos or, you know, major central banks. And so it gives us a very unique uh, perspective of that financial landscape. And I think what what I've observed, which has been fascinating, is that the financial landscape has been in this constant state of evolution, uh, reimagination. And so think about it from, you know, stock ticker machines to algorithmic trading systems, you know, innovation, Alan, has been at the core of finance in this evolution. And so among these transformative changes, what what is really at the heart of what we're seeing now is this convergence, you know, Kelly, to what we've discussed about artificial intelligence and digital assets, CBDCs, tokenized assets, which will be a major theme for 2024, and really, I think, has the potential to be most disruptive change to finance in decades. And so it's that convergence of AI and digital assets I see at the heart of the future of finance. I'd love to hear a little bit more about when you talk about the convergence of those two technologies, what what is AI empowering us to do in blockchain that was previously difficult or maybe not even feasible? Sure. So when you think about the convergence of AI and digital assets, um, the convergence of these two emerging technologies, right? They're still emerging, even though it's it's early days. So AI, think about it with its ability to self-learn and extract you know, actionable insights you know, from vast amounts of data and digital assets, which exist on a decentralized, transparent, you know, automated network. Um, that's expected to further amplify the impact of one another. And that's why the convergence is so exciting. And so uh, just to think about this, there's like a few ways to think about combining the strengths of both technologies that can develop a more efficient 
and a robust financial system, which I think consumers and customers, as we're talking to them, they're really attracted to. So in order for AI to be effective, Kelly, to your question, it's a trusted source of data. It needs to be accessible and on demand. You know, in digital assets, which, you know, blockchain technology, they allow financial transaction data to be stored in a trusted, accessible, and transparent fashion. Now, AI can access that data, such as transaction history, which is very helpful, and current balances for that real-time financial analysis. And so there are really, when you look at what we're doing at Amazon, it's Amazon managed blockchain, uh, that query you know, system where AI trading algorithms can use that, and something we called AMB access, which you know, swaps digital assets with new rules you know, are met. And so those are a couple ways to think about um, the beginning of that convergence. And can you give us an example of a specific project? I mean, I, I don't want you to reveal anything behind the curtain. I mean, I do, but you probably won't. But I would love to hear about a specific project. Look, we understand, we spent a year in our first year of blockchain explaining, explaining the blockchain. And I think our, our, our viewership as our, our listeners now understand what the blockchain is. We've seen some use cases, but I'd love to hear some innovative idea that you've seen or that you're contemplating or that you're doing um, of implementing this technology with the convergence of the financial aspects of it and the perhaps the artificial intelligence aspects as well. Sure. Uh, and listen, the Wilson Center has been such at the heart of this conversation, and you really uh, championed uh, this conversation through this thought leadership, which I, I, I find so valuable uh, to the space. You know, Alan, you and I have talked about how I, I view this space like the Renaissance, right? We all have to line up our easels and learn from each other and look over each other's shoulders. So I'm always looking over my shoulder and seeing what you're working on. Um, what I would say to give you an example is take, for instance, AI tools that analyze Ethereum smart contracts. That could track the impact of traditional off-chain market prices, such as equity markets, um, to you know, on-chain um, you know, lending platform activities such as liquidations or platform withdrawals, you know, and based on these complex relationships, the AI could generate new signals, right, to remove liquidity from lending platforms when equity markets uh, decrease uh, a certain percent. So that's just one example of, of that convergence and that new levels of efficiency. Um, you know, I think also when we look at our tools, and these are tools that we're seeing, you know, being adopted, technologies like Amazon Code Whisperer, they're speeding up coding tasks, right? So they're providing, you know, inline code suggestions to improve uh, developer productivity. And that's positive for this new era of responsible innovation that we've seen be highlighted by the new executive order coming out of the White House. So in addition, you know, Amazon Code Whisperer, well, one of my favorite names really, you know, it can detect, you know, hard to find security vulnerabilities. It can flag emerging security vulnerabilities during development. So this is where it helps the documentation for smart contracts, for example. I'm really interested, um, just kind of going back to um, one of your earlier comments on the basket of currencies. 
this view of, of all of these currencies coexisting, which I think those of us who um, love blockchain, that's that's the goal. Um, but I think um, sometimes, and Ellen, you've talked about this a little bit, sometimes there is there seems like a view in traditional finance that this is going to somehow replace traditional finance. I would love to hear a little bit more about your view of how do these things coexist? What are the gaps that we're filling with digital currencies um, that are going to kind of augment the whole system? So I think when you, again, when you look at the economic landscape, it's evolving rapidly with the emergence of you know, centralized and decentralized. And really it's a discussion with um, the customer, you know, domestically and globally wants optionality, wants choices. And that's where that basket approach occurs. So um, whether it's, uh, you know, the grandmother or grandfather or the parent or the kids or the grandkids, each of them are going to have different goals in mind. And that's where the optionality takes place. Now, recent developments, you know, such as economic sanctions, they've ignited, you know, certain isolationist sentiment across the world. And that's led to a fracturing of interests, you know, values, leadership. Um, and that's where, Kelly, it creates an economy that's based on a basket of currencies rather than one that hinges primarily on the performance of the U.S. dollar, even though we're seeing so much peg to the dollar. So I think that um, what we're seeing is this like paradigm shift in financial infrastructure. And that's where the convergence of AI and digital assets is so exciting. And so it's, it's mutually reinforcing um, really to de democratize um, you know, financial automation, um, increased efficiency, and then significantly ramp up uh, security protocols. And so when you think about it, this economic landscape, you know, going into the new year and the years ahead, it's a future where AI is processing both on-chain and off-chain data, which is going to require a new infrastructure to cohesively function. And that's why the infrastructure resilient cloud-based network is so important and is at the heart of this conversation. And is, is Amazon's commercial, commercial interest in this to be the, um, the hubs of this, to, be, to provide the servers to handle the nodes of whatever network uh, decides to build out these things? So what, what I, what I, what's so enjoyable uh, about this role and, you know, being at AWS is the ability to work with, you know, like I mentioned, customers across the centralized and decentralized space. And so we uh, approach each of these, you know, trying to listen uh, not only uh, to these you know, innovative companies, well, then what's the reaction to uh, folks in the you know, future of payments and, and how that's playing a role? So I think that the more data these generative AI tools have access to, the more effectively they will spot errors or security risks, um, which you know, is a key priority. And then that will just make it more proactive for identifying, mitigating those risks um, to the financial sector because we want there to be as transparent as a financial sector as possible. And that's one of the at heart of this. 
At the same time, you know, Alan, and you asked about, you know, blockchain networks, you know, on which, you know, these di digital assets, you know, they exist to provide that transparency, right? That single source of truth and that provenance, which will help, you know, uh, validate the authenticity of the information being actioned on, you know, by AI. And so I think that is so important is the trusted data. And so I think although there are, of course, challenges ahead when you're in this new innovative environment that need to be solved, I think, you know, innovators uh, and the customers and the companies that we're working with, you know, they're armed with these, you know, powerful cloud-based technologies um, really to unlock these benefits of AI. And that's where we see uh, the benefits being unlocked converging with digital assets. And Michael, during the during the um, as this all is evolving and all, as these new use cases are happening, is Bitcoin sort of in its own world? Is it sort of just doing its own thing as being the storehouse of value and like the first and and now becoming much more mainstream? And by the time this podcast airs, maybe we'll know what's going on with a a, a potential Bitcoin ETF that's not a promotion of a Bitcoin ETF or, or any investment advice whatsoever, but just the, the idea that this technology in the form of Bitcoin has become much more mainstream and is becoming much more of a storehouse of value where you saw in 2023 how much Bitcoin skyrocketed from the beginning of 2023 till the end. And I'm just wondering, is Bitcoin sort of living in its own world while all this other stuff is going on with blockchain technology? Well, I mean, I think that what we've been focused on is the blockchain technology. And what we've been focusing on is the infrastructure. Um, obviously, uh, we keep abreast of the decentralized space and the centralized space. Um, I think what is going to be important to look for, Alan, is when the digital asset executive order talks about um, responsible innovation. And when the AI you know, executive order talks about responsible innovation, I think it will be interesting to see what does that look like in practice uh, for the decentralized uh, financial space? Uh, and what does that look like if there is, um, you know, regulation or there are guardrails moving forward? But uh, we're, we're more focused on um, the infrastructure, uh, how cloud-based technologies can be resilient and really underpin each aspect um, of the financial sector. We're coming up on our time here, so I want to leave us with with a final thought, um, Michael. In twenty twenty four, what's going to be um, maybe the a key development that you're looking forward to seeing, or maybe a, a key pilot project that's somewhere in the world that you're watching? Um, I, I think I'm looking for again how this convergence between AI and digital assets will be further implemented um, across the board as more experimentation um, takes place. I think also you're seeing a lot of um, white papers about tokenization and the use cases that are coming out um, regarding that. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that looks. And then, as I mentioned at top, this growing demand from businesses and consumers about reducing their reliance on just one single currency. Um, I'm interested on what that means for stable coins as it's pegged to the dollar. What does that pie look like in the future economic landscape? 
those are a couple of the things that I will be interested. But, you know, I want to thank you and the Wilson Center for, for just all the work you're doing because it's important to have these conversations and it's important to bring the different uh, stakeholders you bring together uh, to be educated because these things are moving very fast. And uh, I know that uh, we all appreciate the great work you do. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for your time. This has been uh, really illuminating, and I I've personally have learned some stuff about what's uh, what's on the cusp right now. Um, and we hope that we'll see you again. Um, and for those of you watching, we look forward to a great year of Blockchain Explained ex episodes. Uh, stay in touch. Thank you so much, Kelly and Alan. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Blockchain Explained. Please note, nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Want more clear-eyed analysis of this exciting technology? Search for Digital Assets Forum at the Wilson Center for research, event recordings, and more. Want to ask our hosts a question? Write to stip, S-T-I-P, at wilsoncenter.org with your thoughts. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Blockchain Explained.